panel here on Sunday. Uh, we shared about uh, what God did in Nigeria. We have a church planted. We have church members. We had people saved. We had uh, about 15 people baptized in water. And uh, I know there are over 100 people now that are part of the church. And um, the church is doing well. So we're going back soon, whenever that is. Amen. Tonight, uh, I have uh, one hour to preach. I'm kidding. <laughs> but uh, I have a message that i probably just talk to you tonight. Uh, the need for adequate knowledge. That's what I title it. The need for adequate knowledge. Father, we just thank you tonight. Speak to our hearts and, and help us to fully understand your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, one thing that uh, us as believers need to know from the time or from the days of John the Baptist, things changed in the kingdom. And Jesus made it very clear from the days of John the Baptist until now, there is violence in the kingdom of God. And the Bible says the violent ones take it by force. And the force we're talking about, the being violent is not being violent with your hands and, and anger and all of that. The violence is drawn from what you know from the word of God and it's a spiritual violence. Now, we need to understand as believers that the enemy doesn't play games. There is a true devil, just like there is a true God. And some of the things that we see happening in our lives that we consider just natural things because this happened and that happened, that's why this is happening. Many of these things, the enemy is behind. Sometimes we just see them as just natural events, and so we don't fight, and we're just hoping that God will do something. It's more than that. You have to decide what you want to do and what you want for your life. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent ones take it by force. What you allow is what's going to come to you. What you believe and what you decide, this is what's going to be my lot in life, that's what's going to come to you. If you decide, I'll just, just rest, whatever comes, let it come. Uh, if I fail, I fail. Well, others have failed, so I'm going to fail. If that's your attitude, that's exactly what you're going to get. And the Bible is clear. From the days of John the Baptist until this very moment. The kingdom of God is suffering violence, and the violent ones take it by force. You cannot be violent unless you know, or unless you have adequate knowledge. Some people have knowledge, but just having knowledge is not good enough. Yeah. And being sincere is not good enough. You know, many times you say, my heart is right before God. That's not good enough. In the 80s, my heart was right before God. I wasn't doing anything, but I suffered a lot. 
And I never forget. I remember the things I suffered. The doubts and the feelings. I prayed a lot. But I wasn't expecting a whole lot. I had a lot of doubts in my heart. And I suffered because of that. I got oppressed by demons. You know, at night. It was tough. I don't fear those things anymore. They don't come near me either. What you decide is, what what you allow is what's going to happen to you. And you will allow it if you don't know it. The Bible is clear, my people perish, not because the devil is very strong. It's not because God is against us. Or maybe we've done something and God is against us. That's why we're experiencing difficult times. Or it's not just because life is hard. It's the, according to the word of God, my people perish for lack of knowledge. You just don't have adequate knowledge. So there is a need for adequate knowledge to know what God is saying. Right now, by the grace of God, I just feel... Many times, you don't have anything to prove to anybody. I don't have anything to prove to anybody. So people can have their own opinions and I can have my own opinion. The only person you can prove that you need to prove something to is him. People will change. Situations will change. He remains constant. But what you know about him is what's going to determine what's going to be happening in your life. And many times the enemy will want to make you fear, fret, fear and fret. And once he can get you to fret or fear, he's got you. And that's why we need adequate knowledge. Because part knowledge is not good enough. Just being able to quote a few scriptures is not good enough. You can be strong in one area of the world and be very weak in another area of the world. Now, the enemy is not going to come at you very strong in that area where he knows you're strong. He has strategies as well. He goes for that area where you're weak. And you're weak because you don't have adequate knowledge in that area. You don't know how to fight. You don't know his devices and how he's coming at you. So you wonder, how is this thing going to pan out? What's going to be the outcome? Well, if you have adequate knowledge, you already know the outcome. You win. Every time. Based on the word of God. So what you do may not produce for you. Just because you see other people, other people doing certain things, and maybe, you know, in the faith today we talk about confession. You can confess, oh, you don't have adequate knowledge. You can keep confessing; it won't work. People talk about giving and receiving from the Lord, and some are giving and really He's working for them. Others are giving; He's not working for them. Have you heard that in the word in the kingdom? He's not working. They do everything. They're sincere. They just don't have adequate knowledge. Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And you can do all of that, but there is no faith. The word that was preached to them did not profit them. Why? Because it was not mixed with faith. And the only way the word can be mixed with faith, the only way you mix the word with faith to get results is if you know the word. Faith comes by hearing. You have to have adequate knowledge of it. And sometimes it doesn't come overnight. Now let me let you know this. 
which I have to remind myself. Who was Jesus? The Word of God, right? He, he, he not only called his disciples, he raised them. The Word is bread, food, right? For three years, for three years, these guys slept and walked with the Word, right? For three years, day and night, they went everywhere, now with Jesus, but with the Word of God. He was there. For three years, they were constantly with the Word. How much time do we spend with the Word? See the difference? He called them. Many of us are called. Even called into ministry. Every one of us has been called by God. But when you're called, you are to stay with the word. Just like they stay with the word for three full years. Constant. They slept with the word. They woke up with the word. Constantly hearing the word of God. That's Jesus. They stayed with him. And after three years, he released them. So what happened after they were released? That's why I titled this with the need for adequate knowledge. Spending so much time with the word. Part knowledge is not going to work. He's just going to get you so confused. I still need a lot of knowledge in the word. Constantly. Drinking from the word. So just doing what others are doing may not work because you don't really have understanding. The Bible says with all you're getting, get. Just fight so hard just to get this because it's the word. The word that I speak, Jesus said, they are spirit and they are life. And you put one word with another word together till the point where he gets so deep into your spirit, no matter what's happening, you can make a decision based on the word and it will stand for you. But it doesn't come overnight. I didn't know uh, in my life there were some areas where I had really gone into very deeply and God walked in that area for me and I'm sure he does the same thing with every one of us, every one of you. For me, it's one thing for a while, for a few years, and then it's like that's over. I go into another field, and then it's like only that thing for a while, and then it's something else. And sometimes I've forgotten I used to do this until I'm confronted with it, and then it comes right back, and you can deal with it. But some, we need to understand, we need to spend a lot of time with the word of God to know what the word says because if you don't know Satan will harass you in that area that you are deficient with regards to the word of God once you know the truth uh, you're free and I'll share this as testimony when I when I was growing up those of us are Nigerians here we fear witches right brothers we don't play with them. If, if I'm sitting in a room and you tell me this person is a witch and they admit, yes, I'm a witch, I'm out of that room. <laughs> That's how it was when I was growing up. And even after I got saved, I still wondered about them, how to deal with them. Was, I mean, if you're Nigerian, they fear that thing. I mean, it's crazy. And I believe I'd be 
Said as a Christian for over 10 years, close 20 years, and still didn't understand how to deal with them. But as soon as I started having knowledge and God started dealing with me, just thinking about these things, studying the word, I had, had lost, lost the fear for them. I figured basically the way God made it clear to me, they are, those witches are possessed with a little demon, right? And I got the Holy Ghost. This is a big spirit. Hey, all you got is this little spirit. And I got the Holy Ghost. You should be afraid of me. Then my thinking changed. I don't fear them anymore. I just don't pray about them anymore. There's no need to pray about against witches trying to hurt me. They should be praying I'm coming around. So your mind changes because you now understand who you are. But all the time I knew the Holy Ghost was bigger than the spirit, a demonic spirit. But the enemy doesn't give you the room until you, by the grace of God, others have taught you, you stayed before the word, and then everything becomes clear and you make up your mind. Now, in those days, if, if, you to, if they told me a guy is a witch and is coming to me for deliverance, I'll move to the next town. Because uh, there would be too much for me to handle. How are you going to do this? But my mind says it's just a demon. I can handle it. And it's, that's exactly the same. It's just a demon. And they, if they come, they can be free. But, and I know some of you, some of us have been there as well, and God has brought you up. But my point is, you stay with the word, and over time, you get the light, the truth. And then you're free. And until the truth comes, you're never free. Now, in Psalm 82, verse 5 through 7, the word of God says, They do not know, nor do they understand, they do not know, nor do they understand, they walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are unstable. I said, you are gods. And all of you are children of the Most High, but you shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. Now why is God saying this? He's saying you are gods, but you'll die like men. Well, because you don't know and you don't understand. And I've often said here, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. If you are born of a man, then you have a man's DNA, your flesh. If God is giving birth, birth to you, you have a part of God in you. You shouldn't be afraid of anything in the world. If you have part... If part of your nature is God, according to his word, what, why are you afraid? Can God be afraid of anything? Will a certain circumstance come to God and make God to fret and be worried? Did Jesus not say to us, don't be afraid, don't fret? Yeah. Well, I'm talking to you like I really have got everything. I'm, talk, I'm talking to myself. Amen. <laughs> Because all of these circumstances come at us. And we really need to meditate, think on the word, and say, I'm not going to fret. God is going to take care of us. How? I don't know. But he is God, 
and he lives in me, he's bigger than the circumstance, I'm going to be free. He's going to be well. When it's all over, the scripture says, all things work together for good. I don't care what's going on, right? It may not make sense, but when they all come together in the pot, I'll have something good to eat. Amen? Amen. That's the word. So the key thing is knowledge. Proverbs 24 verse 14 tells us, So shall the knowledge of wisdom be to your soul. So shall the knowledge of wisdom. Wisdom, that's the word of God. The word of God brings us wisdom. So shall the knowledge of, the, of wisdom be to your soul. If you have found it, if you have found the knowledge of wisdom, the word of God, if you have found it, there is a prospect. In other words, there is a reward. And your hope will not be cut off. Once you get the word and you understand it, and you stay with it, as you know, something that's really amazed me, and, and, and you, when you get to know God's word in a given area, you're free. If you think about Paul and the way Paul dealt with death, it's, it's an amazing thing for a man to see. Paul was saying, I'm in the street, you know. I have a desire to go home and be with the Lord, meaning die. And, but I know you need me. And so I have a desire, I want to be with you, but I really want to go because it's far better to go. And then he said, but you really need me, so, well, I made up my mind, I'll stay. I'm not going to die. How can a man say that? You are going to determine when to die? What if, if, they, if your enemies decide to kill him? Well, he had a lot of enemies, right? And they could decide to kill him one minute. But he knew the word so much. You can kill him. He decides when he wants to go home. You're, there's no king that's going to take. But when he was over, I said, I finished my race. I fought a good fight. And I'm ready to go. Think, that was a man. I know it's Apostle Paul, but he was a man. What transformed him to such a giant where he had control of his life, control of circumstances, control of what people can do to him. They killed him, but they couldn't until he was ready. What happened? I have a lot to know in life. Amen. <laughs> There's a lot more for me to understand. That's the way I see it. That's the message tonight. There's too much more. And the same thing Peter said, I am not ready to be offered. So there is much more for us. Yeah. Acts chapter 20, uh, there is a, a statement there, uh, verse 32, and Paul was speaking. He says, uh, so now brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. In other words, I'm committing you to God and to the word of His grace. So, what we need to do is to commit to the word of His grace. Now look at what it says. Which is able to build you up to God and to the word of His grace is the word of God that is going to build you up and give you an inheritance among those who are sanctified. Without the word, you have no inheritance. You can't get to your inheritance. 
You can't get it. So Paul said, right before he went to Jerusalem, he was talking to the bishops and to the church, he said, I'm committing you to God, yes to God, but also to the word of his grace. I commend you to that. I commend you to that, he studied the word, commend you to that, because that's what's going to build you up. There is an inheritance for you. Now, Proverbs chapter, I believe, Psalm 16, verse 5, it says, You, O Lord, are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. The lines are falling to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a goodly inheritance. So you have an inheritance with God. We are joint heirs with Christ. But unless you have the word, it's only the word that is able to give, deliver to you an inheritance. Without the word, you can't fight for your inheritance. There is an enemy that's trying to take away your inheritance. But you got a lawyer. His name is Jesus. And he'll fight for you. But without the word, you can't get to your inheritance. That's what the word says. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. Which is able to build you up. The word of his grace. God can build on it, but it's the word that builds you up. And it's the word that gives you. It's the word that delivers to you your inheritance. Nothing else can do it. You can shout all you want in church. You can say all of what people are saying, but you don't have understanding. It's not in your heart. It's not in your spirit. You're just saying words. You don't understand. It's not coming from your heart. It's not coming from your spirit. And it's the spirit that gives life. The the flesh profits nothing until it gets into your spirit. And it's coming out of your spirit. You have no inheritance. You have no inheritance. You'll just be reading with fear. And uncertainties. All you got is guesses. You're just guessing what's going to possibly. You have no way, no strategy. You don't know what to do. It's only the word that can give you, give you that. The word with the spirit of God in our heart. So you and I have a long way to go. I see believers. It's like a game these days. The way people are dealing with God. <laughs> It's almost like a game, you know, but this is serious business. Your life, your destiny, both here and over there. Now let me let you know this, and I also remind myself constantly, what you do here on this earth is going to determine your status when you get there. When you get there, you get your status, you can never change it for eternity. You stay that way for life. You can change it. Please... Understand that there will be people who will be so close to the Lamb that's their status forever. I was reading a book about some preacher that was well known. He had written all kinds of books, but according to this revelation, he said, those were just my thoughts. God had nothing to do with it. And he said, the guy who was writing the book according to the revelation he said God gave to him this well known preacher was so far from the lamb you won't believe he couldn't believe there were you know sea of heads there were people very close to the lamb he was way out he was happy but he was way out I don't want to be that way he could still see the lamb very well now when you get to heaven there are millions Billions, possibly, depending of people that have been there. People that have lived before now. We've got six billions, right? On the earth today. 
The people that have been saved a long time from the days of Abraham all the way down here. So you have a lot of people there. But there will be some people who are so human beings like you and me. Who are so privileged. They're standing right by the Lamb. They're standing right by the Lamb. How did they get there? By faith. They spent time with the Word. They didn't argue with the Word. That's where I want to be. I may not get so close. That's why, you know, you see the desires of those apostles. Have you ever wondered how James and John knew that there were going to be people sitting to the right and to the left? Who told them that? Have you wondered? Because they were asking Jesus. You remember this story? They, they even involved their mother. Please talk to him. He won't listen to us, but he listen to you. <laughs> talk to him. How did he know that? Jesus didn't dispute that. He says, yeah, there will be somebody sitting to my right. And so, but, but that's a privileged seat. Jesus said, I don't even have the right to do, to give anyone. God himself is the, my father is the one. But there will be individuals, human beings, you, just like you and I, that have such great privilege because of their devotion to the word, they'll be there. And we're just passing through life, just trying to make it. I think there's much more in my mind. There's a whole lot more than ministry. You know, we go do something here and that. It's a lot more. We need to know the Lamb. We need to really get to know Him. This is the Word of God. We really need to get very close to Him. It's not just the struggle against sin. It's more than that. And they were acting silly around Him, but they were around the Lamb, Jesus the disciples, they were with him day and night, everywhere. And Peter said to him, we've left everything to follow the word. You heard that? We left everything just to follow you. We left, gave up everything. He didn't divorce his wife, but he, for that period he was going to be with the word. Now many of us don't realize that Paul left everything and was in the wilderness of Arabia for a good while. At least three years by himself. And he said, I got revelation. I believe he was with the word. So there is much more. We need to commend ourselves. I'm going to read this scripture here. Uh, I, I put that uh, subtitle, uh, Hold Up. You know, many Christians are like in, they like, they are like in a hole. They know scriptures. They know a lot and they've been taught a lot, but they just don't understand scriptures to be able to free themselves from the things that are plaguing them. Serious addictions. Problems in the home. Problems with the kids. We feel very powerless about against some of these things. But I believe if, you, if, if I understand the word of God well, those things are nothing. God will take care of them. I know he will. And I don't have to fret about it and about the future because Jesus says, don't. <laughs> there's no need to fret. I'll take care of them, he said. He was in playing with words. But we know what he said, but we somehow we find it difficult to believe and accept what he said. It was clear when he said, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. 
knock, the door will be opened. We read those scriptures. Everyone that asks receives. Everyone means me. So why are you in trouble then? Why are you so doubtful? Why am I struggling? Because I haven't spent much time with the word. You know, Peter said, silver and gold have I not, but such as I have. Well, he knew what he had. He knew what he had. And he knew he could give it away. Do I know what I have and what I can give away? What about all believers? And I'm not talking to you alone. I'm talking to myself as well. How are we living the life as believers? We're just trying to survive? Is that how Jesus lived his life? Did his disciples try to survive? And they were like giants. They were like people. They come into town and the people are saying, these are the guys that turn the world up. Not just uh, see the, the world upside down. No one has said that about me. Amen. No, I shouldn't say amen. But <laughs> Good. <laughs> but my point is there's a whole lot more. We need to spend time more with the, with the word or the lamb with the word of God. We're hold up. And look at what God says about his word. I, I, it's hard for me to think that God will be frustrated about the way I'm living my life because he has something to do and I'm not able to see it and I'm not able to handle it. Listen to these words. Isaiah chapter 42, 18 through 22. Hear you deaf and look, you blind that you may see who is blind but my servant huh? who is blind but my servant or deaf as my messenger that's me and Pastor Andy no <laughs> deaf as my messenger whom I send who is blind as he who is perfect that's you and I because God made us that and blind as the lost servant, seeing many things, but you do not observe, opening the ears, but you do not hear. The Lord is well pleased for his righteousness sake. So God is still pleased for his righteousness sake. He will, he will exalt the law, that's the word. God is well pleased for his righteousness sake. He will exalt the Lord. That's his word. That's what he exalts. And make it honorable. The word of God. The law makes it honorable. But this, but, but with God's people, but this is a people robbed and plundered. All of them are snared in holes. And they are hidden in prison houses. It's the people of God hidden in prison houses. They are for prey and no one delivers. For plunder and no one says restore. Basically the children of God, they can see what God has done. But the Bible is saying from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence. And we, if your eyes are open, you can say restore. And there are people that are walking the earth today whom God has revealed himself to and they're saying restore. I know when Benihim goes out, you expect healing, right? People are restored. Yeah. How did he get there? Is he a man like myself? Those are the challenges I'd like to throw to my life and your life. We're all in this together. Amen? 
these men are doing something for God, what about me? If they are fasting and doing something, what about me? Why do I have to eat hamburgers all the time? Why these guys are fasting and wanting God? What's wrong with me? They're wanting God, but I'm wanting something else. Something is not right. They're humans just like me. Why is God using them and not me? Well, if you don't have desire, you're really sick. Only sick people refuse to eat. And we have that in the church today. So people are holed up, you know, in a hole. They can't get anything. Satan is just harassing their, their lives because of lack of knowledge. They can't open their eyes to see what God is giving to them. They can't even hear properly. And they are God's servants. So Jesus taught his disciples for three years. Uh-huh. Day and night was a daily thing. They asked questions constantly. Think about the disciples, how they lived their lives with Jesus. Jesus said something in the public and they don't get it. Guess what they do? They call him and say, Master, what did you mean by that? I mean, they never give up until the point they said, now we understand fully what you're saying. We, We now know. And Jesus said, you now know. And Jesus confirmed, yeah, you now have full understanding. Well, I want to get there. I want to get there where Jesus fully knows that I know who he is. I want to get there. He told the disciples, the disciples told him, you don't have to explain anything anymore. We fully understand everything. And then after that, Jesus didn't say much to them. John chapter 17, he was praying to his father. He already was sure that they are his. He said, you give them to me. I've given them the word, and they have received the word. He knew. I, I like to get there. I like to get there so he knows, Jesus knows, I got it. He was sure they got it. So he taught them. You can only get what you see in, from the word, your inheritance. That's what we, scripture we just read, they have eyes they can see, they can hear. They are God's servants, but they can't see, so they are holed up. They are like in a hole. They, they, nothing is happening. Why? Because they can't see. It's only what you can see from the world that you can possess. If you can see it, you can possess it. It's, it's all in the world. If you can get understanding from the world, then you can have it. Uh, Genesis chapter 13, now stop here tonight. Time is gone. Uh, 13 verse 14 and 15 this is Abraham the father of faith and the Lord said to Abraham after the Lord has separated from him lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are northward southward eastward and westward for all the land which you see I give to you and your descendants forever well that was uh, in their time that was in the natural what they could see with their natural eyes now God is wanting us to see with our spiritual eyes and it's only what you can see the land is the word of God there's a lot of the promised land is right here what you can see from the word is what you can what you can possess if you can see it you can't get into the promised land now 
when God shows you the promised land, guess how you get into it? You have to fight, right? That's how they got into the promised land. Just seeing the promised land doesn't mean you're going to possess it. You have to fight. So from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent ones take it by force. So once you can see and you understand that belongs to me, now it's time for battle. There is no need to fret because you know God is with us. If God be with us, who can be against us? I know I'm going to get my inheritance. I'm going for it. Nobody's going to stop me. You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So that's what the word says. So the dying quest, or the living quest I have in life, is to know the word. Because the more I know this word and understand, not just the scripture quoting, but knowing him from this book, from his word. The more I know him, the more confident I am in life. The less I worry about men. You know, I close with this. Um, I think Wes and I were making conversation right in Nigeria before we left, and I was reading something. And then Jesus stayed in Jerusalem talking to those doctors, right? And I don't know how many days, Mary and Joseph, they were very worried. They were very worried. I mean, God gave them a son. Now he's gone in a way worse. And Jesus knew he was fine with what was going on. They were worried. They found him. And they were saying, why have you done this to us? He said, didn't you realize I have to be about my father's business? He didn't apologize. He didn't care. He wasn't concerned about their feelings, about, you know, what he was doing. He was focused on this one thing, God. What they thought about him and all of that, he, 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 that's, that, that wasn't a bother for him. And you read through the life of Jesus, all the Pharisees and people saying one thing against him. He, he wasn't concerned about what they thought. He was only focused on the Father and to finish what the Father is giving him to do. Sometimes you read in John chapter 6, he's saying something, they're getting mad. You know what I'll do? I'll tell them, don't get mad, let me explain to you so you don't get mad. He doesn't explain to anybody. He continues saying the same thing that's making them mad. He was only concerned about one person, pleasing one person, that's him. I like to get there. That's why Paul said, I want to know him. I want to know him. I want to experience him in his death. I want to experience him in his resurrection. I want to know him. Amen? That's your desire. That's my desire. Stand up with me tonight. Those who know their God will do exploits. Amen? It's a question of getting to know him more in the world. God has blessed us today. I mean, I can just put a tape in there. And I'll listen. <laughs> it's true. If I'm going overseas, sometimes I have books on, on healing because I know we'll be praying for the sick. Or I get a tip on healing and I listen to it. Find something to help me with the word, to get me closer to the word. Give me a little bit more understanding so that I can do the work God has called us to do.
all is well. Amen. God is calling you closer to himself, just like he's calling me closer to himself. And uh, do not fret, no matter what's happening in your life today, God is with you. Know that. Emmanuel, you're here tonight, he is with you. If you can only trust him, everything is going to be well. It may not make sense today, but it makes sense tomorrow. The things that you suffer today and what he puts you through today is what's going to bless somebody's life tomorrow and your life and make you great. Amen? Amen. Father, I just thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for speaking to us and for drawing us closer to you. We will see Jesus. We want to be with Jesus. We want to be with the word. We want to gain understanding. We want to gain knowledge so that we can do exploits on the earth. Thank you, Father. We receive from you tonight all that you have for us. In Jesus' name, people of God said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.